Greetings to the Kingdom Citizen Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Cruz. And as an ambassador of the Kingdom of God, I am so honored and excited to be with you again, as it is the will of the King, both spiritually and politically, because we represent a government that is the Kingdom of God. Greetings, Kingdom Citizens. I petition that all is well with you this week and that uh, I'm not sure if you had an opportunity to check out last week's podcast, but I have a follow-up question this week. And this follow-up question came from my wife. So I was on my way to work and uh, she asked about, she asked a question about, um, well, if bad things uh, happen to good people, how can you explain, she's like, isn't there a verse uh, in the Bible that talks about being called a good and faithful servant? I was like, um, I believe so. I was like, I, I just can't remember where it's at. So I was, uh, I took a little time to look it up and I was like, Oh yeah, it is. It's like that, that, that verse is actually, uh, in Matthew 25. And she was like, did you just look that up? I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. She was like, but you're driving. I was just like, she was like, you could check on that later. I was like, uh, yeah, you're right. I was like, uh, I, I was just so curious at that time because I was thinking to myself, I was like, Lord, I, I posted this podcast already talking about uh, there's none that's good. And then this verse pops up and I, I've I knew about it. I just didn't think about it during the time of the study right so i i was nervous about man i'm i misspoke i was like I, she was like well you you just study it and let me know about it later not right now so this week's podcast is is going to be about do you want to hear being called a good and faithful servant so we're going to start out actually in Matthew 25, and this is the parable of the talents. This is where, uh, you know, this parable, uh, I have some some commentary here. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to wait on the commentary because it's going to be important uh, to the message. So let's get into the parable. And it reads this. For it would be like a man going on a journey who's called his servants and trusted them to his property. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two. To another, one. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. And when he had received the five talents, they went and traded with them. And made five talents more. 
So also, he that had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants and he, they uh, the servants came and settled the accounts with them. And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing ta- five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little, and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And also, he that had two talents came forward, saying, Master, deliver to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little, and I will set you over much. Enter into my joy of, of enter into the joy of your master. He also had received one talent and came forward saying, Master, I knew you were a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground here. You have what is yours? But the master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew where I reaped and I, I have not sown and gathered where I've scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and I'm coming and I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to he who has 10 talents for to everyone who has willed more will be given more. And he who has in abundance, but from the one who has not, even he was willing to be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In this place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we see that the first two servants. They did what the master, you know, they invested the money and and made money double. So they uh, invested what the master had said. You know, they, they, they made money, so they were able to enter into the joy of the master. But the third servant, he was not able to enter into the joy of his of his master. So basically, to sum this up, I go to uh, some some commentary here and it says, the parable of the talents illustrate the tragedy wasted of wasted opportunity. It says the man goes on a journey represents Christ and the servant representing uh, profession believers given different levels of responsibility. 
and it says faithfulness is what is demanded of them. But this parable suggests that all who are faithful will be fruitful to some degree. The fruitfulness, the fruitless person is unmasked as a hypocrite and unable uh, and utterly destroyed. I mean, so this is uh, this is the good and faithful servant. So as I'm, I'm reading that. My heart wasn't settled. And here's why. It's like um, the more that I had learned about God, because I had spoke about God's nature. It made me curious about, man, I, I knew God was a just man, but wow, I mean, for him to get pretty upset at, at, the, at the third person, the way that he did and the way that he spoke to him, and this is why I say that. I was like, I, I was like, well, when the third slave or the ser- servant said, man, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow. And gathering where you scattered no seed. I was like, that's not the nature of God. He knows his harvest. Right. Think about that. God knows his harvest. So basically that sent me on a journey. Right. I was like, man, that commentary. I get it, but that's off from my spirit. This is so now I'm turning into a Berean. Right. The, the, the spirit, my spirit just wasn't settled. I was like, man, OK, good and faithful servant enter into my joy. You know, we, we, we honestly believe that that's, uh, that's Jesus talking, but Jesus is actually talking in this parable here because he's actually talking to, uh, the disciples in this parable. Right. So I was a little confused because it doesn't match what I used to hear. You know, good and faithful servant, this is mainly talking about, you know, I've always heard it in the context of, you know, being a good steward over financial means. And, you know, because you look at the word talent and, you know, the talent is actually back then a talent was a measure of weight and not a Pacific coin. You know, so this was, you know, a talent of gold was more valuable than a talent of silver. So it means a weight of gold was more than a weight of silver, you know. And and in this context, it was a a talent of silver, which is money. So this was a considerable, you know, sum of money, because I think it was like six thousand. One talent is like six thousand denarii. So that's like a day's worth of work, so to speak. Right. So the talent, you know, that was a sum of money. But in the modern day, in today's society, the way we look at talent, the word talent denotes uh, natural ability. You know, it stems from the fact 
you know, what our natural abilities are, our talents. Right. So you could see how word terminology changes over time. Uh, not that it's supposed to, but, you know, we've always adjust the goalposts here in the Western world on on uh, meanings of text. So we have to be careful of, of, of how we look at the Bible, not because the Bible is written in error. It's because we as people in the Western society look at it through our lens of being Westerners. And, and that's a big issue. I go I go looking for more commentary and it seemed like the more I found everyone's commentary was sort of aligned with, with what I read uh, of this previous commentary and my spirit still wasn't settled. So I kept looking, I kept looking for more commentary, reading, reading. And finally I found one and then I found another one, but this commentary it says this. <laughs> this commentary is from a gentleman called name. His name is actually Roba. Roba. And his you spell it R O H R B A U G H. And he says here in an ancient audience an ancient audience during the time of Jesus would have interpret this differently than a modern one. And then he says this quote, it says the talent parable has typically been interpreted as a Western church as being about proper investment. Jesus disciples are urged to use their abilities and gifts to serve God without reservation and without fear of taking risks. Roba, however, argues that the talents of the parable is about exploitation. Whereas a modern Western audience would applaud the first two slaves for trading and investing well, being good stewards over something that someone else gave them. An ancient audience would have approved the third slave's behavior and not the first two. And they would have condoned that the first two slaves because they profited at the expense of others. And I was like, oh. And that was hard for me to wrap my head around. So I was like, okay, let me go back into history. Let me let me let me look up what is a parable. So I looked up what I started at the very basic here. I wanted to ensure I understood what a parable was. And the dictionary, Oxford Dictionary, defines a parable as a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson as told by Jesus in the Gospels. The parables describe ordinary circumstances and situations that people can understand easily, but their moral lesson teaches us to live as faithful Christians as God intended. So I was like, wow, okay, I get that. So that was an interesting definition. So then I was like, okay, I go to the text 
and say, well, why did Jesus speak in parables? Because that was a big question that the disciples even asked. It says, you know, the disciples said, Jesus, why do you speak in parables in Matthew 13 and 10? And basically his short answer in uh, uh, Matthew, I think it was, yeah, it's Matthew 13. That's it's just going to be the short answer. And then I'll let you go back and read more. It says, uh, this is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. You know, so if you want to understand the whole conversation of that, just go back and read 13, 10 through 7. But basically, that was the reason why Jesus spoke in parables. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, another question is, are parables still relevant for us in the modern day today? Meaning, are parables relevant for us to go by? And it says here, I, I looked that up. And I, I, I combined stuff and I think it was just everyone was pretty much had the same context. It says sometimes we can't see how the parables are relevant for us today, but assure that every parable applies and speaks to each of us today. They provide direction to help us navigate the journey of or to eternal salvation. God's expectation never changes and the journey to reach him never changes. So the meaning and the, the, the purpose of any of the parables in the Bible is to provide direction to help us navigate the journey to eternal salvation. The way that he talks about the parables, he was using actually stuff from that time so that people could understand. So that's why when you go back to the definition of what is a parable and in that definition, it says parables describe ordinary situation or circumstances and situations that people can easily understand. Right. So it's like, man, okay, well, if he's talking to the disciples then, and they all understood, let me look up. What was was slavery around during the time of Jesus? So I go on that quest. Now, this is how I, I study. Right. So I go on this quest and I, I find this. It says uh, uh, when Jesus was here on Earth. You know, slavery had been around about a thousand years already. So. People were slaves because they were either criminals and slavery was their punishment. Others became slaves because they owed people too much money and couldn't pay them back. And then other people were born slaves uh, just when at birth. So many people during the time of Jesus their belief on slaves is that they were not important people, right? And they were totally different from people who were free. So it didn't matter, you know, basically it, it wasn't 
a, an ethnic system of, of people or, you know, a certain group of people. It was just, hey, if you owed money, you were turned into a slave and you couldn't pay it back. Right. But Jesus teaching during that time was showing that slaves were just as valuable uh, as people. And they should all be everyone should be treated with respect. So in Matthew, excuse me. So in Matthew 7 and 12, Jesus talks to his followers and saying, treat people the way you want other people to treat you. So that meant that if you treated as a slave exactly like they would want to be treated if they were a slave. Right. So now I'm like, OK, so people that were slaves were less than nothing. And in this, this parable, he's talking about slaves. So that means that these people owed their master money. And they were slaves at that time. Now I'm figuring out that this parable means nothing about what I always thought it was. And I'm starting to get concerned here because this is a very prominent, you know, this is probably one of the top five parables that you hear in church. Right. So I, uh, so I go and I look up the word hard because I had to figure out why was the master so angry, you know? And then I'm like, man, that that's not Jesus' heart. If this is supposed to be Jesus talking as, as himself and the slaves were supposed to you know use their time talent and treasure to do you know to 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 increase their money to be good stewards increase their money why was he so harsh when he said you slothful and wicked servant you knew that i reap where i have not sown and gather where i scattered no seed so then i i looked that up and it says in the accordance Hard here is uh, scatteros, and it's used in the ancient writings to talk about someone who was cruel, who was merciless, who was arrogant, arrogant, uh, arrogant and inhumane. That was hard, and that was the term, and that was the reference. Hard was being used in the text, so I was like, "That's not. That's not God's heart." So when a man reaps where he doesn't sow and where he gathers, where he scattered no seed, that's in Matthew and that's in 25 and 24. That's a perfect definition of a thief. That's someone stealing, because back in those ancient times, if you wanted to increase your money or your, your weight of, of, of silver or gold, you would end up having to go take that from poor people and increase your talents that way. You know, so. My how do we miss that? How do you miss that in context? That's because we don't read that far when we hear it in church. We don't go that far. We just go 
good and faithful servant. And you may, I may have even heard enter into my joy, but that was it, you know, and then, you know, your attention is directed back to the pulpit and you're, you're, you're listening more. Right. And, and you're like, man, I, I need to learn how to be a better steward. I need to double my money. Well, this parable in the ancient audience would interpret it differently than we interpret in the modern day. You know, the talents parable is typically in the Western society is about proper investment. You know, Jesus urged us to use our abilities and our gifts to serve God without reservation, without fear of taking risks. Right. But that's not how the audience would have took it when Jesus was using this parable. You know, they would have saw the first two slaves that were trading and investing well that they wouldn't have approved of that because they actually were, were, were taking money from people. This parable has everything to do with what we're not supposed to be doing. And it's going to take some studying on your part to sit down and really think about this. I don't have the time to unpack it because, one, I could be here for another hour or two to talk about it. But in order to help others who are listening to this podcast, meaning you, to become a Berean of the word, I have to put the information out there and I need you to search it because this is where. You become closer to God because you start understanding his word and you'll start hearing his voice. Meaning not audibly, but internally, he'll be nudging at your spirit to say, hey, let's go look this up. I need you to get the proper context. You know, this 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 parable, the good and faithful servant is not Jesus. It's 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 the enemy. And what Jesus was telling the disciples is don't fall into the trap of doing things like the world. Be like the third one. Who returns back things that people have given you. Right. That's not yours. Don't be a thief. Don't use your time, talent, and treasure to serve the other kingdom. Utilize it to serve my kingdom. So when the world gives you something, don't use your time, your talents, and your treasure to increase their kingdom. Be like the third one. Be honorable. And this parable now makes total sense this is flooring to me but this is how you have to be when it comes to studying God's word
Now, there's another parable that I don't have any time to get to, but it's in Luke. It's Luke 19. It's about the same thing. But what I found interesting about this parable is that Jesus was talking to the disciples on his way to the to the uh, the temple. When he was on his way to the temple, he was, uh, you know, he, he had told this parable. But right before that, he was just with a gentleman called Zacchaeus, which was a, a rich tax collector. And even the Sadducees and the, you know, and, and the Pharisees, then they didn't like tax collectors because they were rich and they were taking money. They were taking money from the people that, uh, you know, they were trying to get the money from in the mark, you know, in the temple to uphold the law. Right. So that was why they had such a big problem with Zacchaeus. But Jesus was in town at that time and Zacchaeus walked up a tree so that he could be seen by Jesus. And Jesus basically called him down and, you know, and said, hey, I need to stay at your place. And everyone frowned at Jesus because he was like, man, he's going to go stay with that sinner, that thief, that person who takes money from, you know, the poor and 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 makes himself rich. But in that passage, Zacchaeus mentions that he says, Jesus, I gave all of my money away. And Jesus said then, you know, basically he blessed his home and he said, uh, you know, you have done good, you know. So this was uh, this was important before he was talking about the parable of the of the minus, which was money back then, too. Right. So. But what I want you to what I want you to hear is. After the at the end of this parable, I'm going to read you because I want you to go back and look. But I want to read you what the uh, person who loaned him the money, what he said here. When we think we thought this was always Jesus, but this is not. It says here, take the minor in, in uh, verse 24. It says. Take the minor from him. And give it to the one who has 10 minus. And they said to him, Lord, he has 10 minus. I tell you that everyone who has more will be given. But the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here, slaughter them in front of me. <laughs> that's not Jesus. That's not our Lord and Savior. Because they didn't profit, make a profit with what he gave them. He said, take away even what they have and bring them here, slaughter them right in front of me. This is why being a Berean is important. Because even the first commentary that I read you, we could say, oh, man, people's view is wrong. But the person that I, I, I read that commentary from, I, I respect his commentary. I really do. Um, 
But in this particular passage, I, I believe that uh, he missed he missed something in the air. It's not sad that he missed it. It's just this is why you have to be a Berean so that you can get the truth of the word. You know, and the other person that I read wrote uh, Roba. His commentary was spot on. It was just not it's not um, widely accepted because it was so vastly different. From what we hear in the pulpits from pastors, right? And I'm not saying that pastors who, who quote it is wrong. I'm not saying that. But what I am going to say is this is why you need to search the word for yourself because everything that you hear, it could just be there to tickle your ears and to get you to do something that is not biblically sound. And I've been on this quest for the past seven years and I haven't, I've been, we visited churches, but I haven't, um, we were really a part of Life Church for a while. Um, and and we, we uh, stopped going around 2020. And ever since then, I've increased in my uh, study of the word just because, you know, this is where the spirit had me going. And the, this is where I've been on a quest and I've heard from the spirit only in searching scriptures. And I found that the context of scripture is is widely being misused. It really is. It's being misused. And what God has placed my assignment is not to debunk everyone because I'm I'm going to make error as well. But this good and faithful servant, I don't want to hear that. Because if I do, then I'm in the world system. Because there's only one that's good. And we discussed that last week. And this is why you must pray that the enemy doesn't intertwine into your thinking of the message because he knows the word as well. And this is why Jesus talked about that. Jesus knows him. And he knows his tactics here on earth because of the 40 days he fasted and prayed. We don't know all the intangibles of that story. But I know that the enemy was with him and visited him daily. That's the reason why Jesus knows everything that we've gone through. So uh, this is all the time we have for today. If you have any questions, please leave a, a comment. I mean, this is a, uh, uh, I know this is going to be challenging, but this is, this is the reason why this podcast is, this is why this is my assignment. Go back through the podcast, re-listen to this one, look back at the word, 
do research. Look at the times when people were, you know, in the ancient days when 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 the slaves and you'll see all this information for yourself. The Internet is a vast array, has a vast array of information that is available to any and everyone. Right now. <laughs> I and I say that because I just don't know where the world's going, but we do have availability of that information right now. But I, I warn you, it's not easy to find. It's not. It's not going to be in your top 10 Google searches. It's not going to be even in the top 10 pages or 20 pages sometimes. And it's key words. Sometimes you'll find stuff and you'll look, you'll open it up. It's going to be, it's not going to be the same. It'll be the same stuff, same stuff. And you'd be like, man, this, is this it? And then you're like, no, let me re, let me redefine my search. You know, and, and that's one of the things I learned in college. You know, they don't teach you anything, but they teach you how to become a, a, a good researcher. Research. It's not about. I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of smart people out there, and I could tell you, if I walk into a room, I can tell you, I'm, I'm not the smartest person in the room. I won't be at the lowest part of it, but I, I'm definitely not at the top echelon of that. But what I won't deny is that I am a fantastic researcher and I could find answers. That's one thing I could do is I could find an answer. And I'm not going to just find a answer. I'm going to find the answer. And that's what you need to do to God's word. Don't just find an answer. Don't just hear an answer. Don't just hear what you're being told. As Paul said, receive the word with gladness. But at the same time, be a Berean of the word and research to find out if what was said is true. In this passage, what I've heard in the past has not been true. So don't want I don't want you to uh, take this in the wrong way, but I don't want to be called a good and faithful servant. And I don't want to enter the joy of the world system. I only want to enter the kingdom of God. With Jesus Christ, and I'm going to wait on his return. And when he returns, I'm going to know who he is. Because I know his character. And I'm learning about his character. I'm learning about his nature. I'm learning about it's more than just his love, because now we hear love is love. So now you got to go deeper. What's God's character? Why is love, why is his love special? So I want to take the time to give the altar call. And if you have ears to hear the call of God at this moment, and he has asked you to be willing to submit unto him and become a part of the kingdom, repeat this confession after me. I confess with my mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. 
That's Romans 10 and 9. So if you said this with a deep personal conviction, without reservation, that Jesus is sovereign over me and everything I have in my life, this phrase includes repenting from sin, trusting in Jesus for salvation, and submitting to him as our Lord. This is the volitional element of faith. This message has been a very interesting one, but I pray that our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Take time to be a Berean this week. Research Matthew 25. Blessings. <laughs>